Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm Kyla, and welcome to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're so glad you can join our family as we continue to discuss the Word. Before we get there, Lily, can you please open us up in prayer? Sure. Lord, I just thank you for today and for everything that you're doing for us, Lord, and the blessings that you're pouring out on your people, Lord, and the hearts that you're drawing towards you and bringing into your family and into your kingdom, Lord. And I ask that you'll send your Holy Spirit to guide each and every one of us, Lord, as we um, study your word, Lord, and get to know you better. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so we're continuing our study in 1 Corinthians, and we are in chapter 6 this morning. Can I get a volunteer to read verses 1 through 8, please? I will. All right, Charles. Dear any of you, having a matter against another, go to law before the un before the unrighteous, and not before the saints? Do you not know that the saints will judge the world, and if the world will not will be judged by you? Are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Do you not know that we all shall judge and do you not know that we should we shall judge and we shall judge angels? Sorry. Mm -hmm. How much more things that pertain to this life? If then you have judgments concerning the things pertaining to this life, do you appoint those who are least esteemed by the church to judge? I say this to your shame. It is so. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you, not even one who will be able to judge between his brethren? But brother goes to law against brother, and that before unbelievers. Now therefore, it is already an utter failure for you that you go to law against one another. Why do you not rather accept wrong? Why do you not rather let yourselves be cheated? No, you yourselves do cheat, do wrong and cheat. And you do these things to your brethren. Okay. There's a lot in there. So, again, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you? And this is your opportunity to share that with us and to ask any questions that you have. Okay? Yes. All right. Who'd like to begin? I will. Okay, LaCharles. I found it interesting, the last ver the verse 7. Now, therefore, it is already an utter failure for you that you go to law against one another. Why do you not rather accept wrong? Why do you not rather let yourselves be cheated? What I think Paul is saying here is not that you are willingly going out to seek that you get cheated or wronged. You're supposed to be shrew like snakes, but as peaceful as does. But what he's saying is not trying to exact every last detail of what you think you deserve. I know from personal experience, I have a habit of trying to do that. <laughs> because I think I deserve what I get. But this, what Paul's saying here, instead of trying to do all these wrongs and try to get more than what you are, than what you truly are earning, instead of trying to snatch it from others, why don't you allow that person, while they may be in the wrong at that moment, to go on instead of trying to bring them to court and try to judge them 
and it goes back to our previous devotional and how we were talking about how you judge people inside, not you judge people outside rather than people outside. The same is here, meaning that you're not going to... You, you mean inside? Judge those inside, not outside? Yes. Okay. How we are supposed to judge each other among ourselves, meaning that we're not supposed to put everybody on blast, actually, like that. And like Mr. Dean was saying, that how when you take a friend, it's to make sure that you're correct, the same as you hear. When you first go there, you're not speaking loudly so everybody can hear, but you're going silently and t- talking with them individually. And then you'll bring somebody to make sure that you're correct and not yelling at the top of your lungs so everybody can hear how holy and pious you are and how right you think you are in that situation. But you're supposed to make sure that you are actually correct by having somebody else look at and examine you. And it also and it reminds me of how Jesus was saying that if somebody wrongs you, don't curse them for doing that, but bless them rather so that way they can enter into Christ. There's no there's nothing to be gained by having people go to hell. Every the Lord wants everybody to make it to heaven. You shouldn't want evil for others who do evil for, to you. Because as a man sows, he shall reap. So if you're always cursing somebody else for doing wrong to you, when we, since we all make mistakes and sometimes it happens, sometimes unwittingly, sometimes people do it willingly. You don't want somebody to do that to you. You rather to be, you rather to be forgiven than to be held accountable. Actually, let me rephrase that. You want to be held accountable for what you've done, so that way it can't even say that you're a shady person. But meaning that you don't want to be hammered, essentially, for doing one thing that you unwittingly did wrong. Okay. Um, It sounds like, I think you said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Uh Yes. Is that right? Um, Philippians chapter 2, verse 4 says, Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interest of others. So he was saying, put others before yourself. If you have to make a choice, choose instead to take the lower position. You be the one that take the being wronged or being cheated and handle it with grace versus you being the one that cheats others. Yes. He was saying, switch from the carnal mindset of get all you can, right? Yes. To being humble and going, this is my brother, and I see what he's doing is wrong, but I, instead of trying to avenge myself and repay evil for, evil for evil, I'm going to repay evil with good. Yes. Okay. Go ahead, Kyla. Like you were saying, LaCharles, um, I also saw an element of why would two believers need to go to an unjust judge? Because if one of them wasn't trying to be unjust, because if you were, everything was on the up and up and everything was above board, I would want a just judge that could clearly judge between the situation and that would have the same discerning spirit as I did to know what was happening, not just ruling by what they see with their eyes or what they think they want to happen. And similar to how in our culture, the judges, they're not allowed to judge on cases that might consider 
to be a conflict of interest because it affects their ability to judge accurately and to be fair. But also here we see in the Old Testament how when there was an issue, um, I'll give the example of Abraham and one of the princes of the realm he was traveling in. There was an issue about who had ownership over the well, but the prince came and said, let the Lord judge between you and I. The Lord will be my strong tower and my shield. The Lord will protect me. You can't cheat me because the Lord won't allow you to do that. And as believers, that's the stance we should take, not that we should cheat anybody or try to get something for nothing because that doesn't honor God, but to take that standpoint that the Lord will defend us and protect us. And if somebody accidentally overcharges us, God will repay that. And not to seek, as LaCharles stated, not to seek out, I'm going to get every single dime you took from me and that was wrong, Mm -hmm. but let the Lord have it and let him repay you because he'll pay you more than Mm -hmm. that however many couple of dimes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So just to be clear though, because you said we would want a just judge. Yes. Okay. So the just judge, though, is the Lord. Yes. Okay. Because what Paul is addressing here is, is that, yes, but we need to understand the distinction. What was happening in Corinth is the brethren, Christians, believers, those in the faith, were bringing lawsuits against each other. And what he's saying is, the, the distinction he's making is that they were bringing lawsuits to unbelievers to judge. When he's saying you should know and be able to judge rightly, you uh, you and I, or all of us here and in this room and that are listening, should be able to have discernment, which comes from the Holy Spirit, as to what to say and what to do, what is right, righteous, and just. Why would we then, if, we, if that's the expectation of us, and that is the expectation, why would we then bring our case before an unbeliever to judge on who does not have discernment because they are not sanctified or set apart in all their ways to the Lord is what he's getting at. So it's saying, hey, I'm bringing my case before the Lord. And that's what he is exhorting and encouraging and admonishing them to do. Hey, forget this practice. Right? Jesus literally addressed the same thing in Matthew 5, right? We all know about going the extra mile, but there's so many things in there. You've heard it say to you, as in Matthew 5, 38, you've heard it that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person, but whoever slaps on you on your right cheek, turn him the other also. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Whoever give to him who asks of you, and from him who wants to borrow, from you do not turn away. This is not the same thing. There are going to be those that try to misuse you and, and all those things. Recognize those things, right? We're to be shrewd as serpents, but peaceful as doves, right? Yes. Okay, or, or the vice versa. Peaceful as doves and shrewd as serpents, depending on your translation. Okay. So I, I can recognize what it is that you, that you, the person, is doing, the actions that they are taking against me. But again, as you pointed out, since the Lord is, is righteousness and justice, 
Let's let him judge. He says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. So let's make sure that we are in the right before him, that we've not gone out of that or un- out from under his covering, his protection. Yes. And again, try to exact vengeance on our own, taking things into our own hands. Mm-hmm. Let's let the Lord judge between you and I, yes. or whoever it is, whoever the, the situation is between and the Lord will reward as he sees fit. Well, um, as a business owner and somebody who has been sued plenty of times by people who had unjust cases mm-hmm. uh, against me um, and dealing with the consequences of that and uh, really having to watch my heart, um, we just had somebody that sued us for $5,000. And we ended up paying the $5,000, and they didn't have any justification for it. And they um, used um, government institutions, the threat of investigation of government institutions, knowing that it would cost us money, regardless of the fact that they won, to justify us going ahead and paying them to make them go away. So they extorted money from us through the legal system because it was cheaper to pay them to go away than to defend ourselves. Um, so there's there's lots of times where this um, this this is um, an interesting conundrum to work out. But that was not a believer. It was not a brother in Christ. And so um, listening to everybody today, just thinking that one of the most important things is is it to slow your roll, as it were. Uh-huh. I mean, what we mean by that is just take take some time, step, take a talk, pause back before you engage into a situation with a brother. Uh, that you could find yourself in this because uh-huh. um, when I have found myself in situations where um, um, a transaction between a brother did not go well, either on my part or their part, um, when it was really with a real brother that we both sought reconciliation and were both humbled by the situation and were very agreeable to get through it. It's uh-huh. where they weren't really a brother that the issue came to be. So, um, Slowing up to begin with is really what's important to try not get into these situations to be at all mm-hmm. um, as much as you can be. And I think mostly it's our own uh, flesh that gets us into these engagements that put us where we find ourselves in these situations anyway. Absolutely, there is that. And, and I love that, brother, because it's not that we won't ever find ourselves in court or in front of a judge, Right. This is what you're getting at. It's not that we won't ever, but uh, we have to look at a couple things. Are we the one bringing the lawsuit as a believer? Am I the one bringing the lawsuit? And I'm not saying that you won't ever be led to do that, right? In all things, let's seek the Lord first. What is he saying to do? How is he leading you in that moment? Right? There were just, and we can look at that, there were just cases in California with two churches about the government of California, of the state of California, overstepping their bounds. And they felt led to bring a lawsuit. And we saw the fruit of that, or they saw the fruit of that. And it also set precedent. So it's not that the Lord can't and won't move in and through the court system. But in all things, we should, as you pointed out, brother, watch what we're doing. Bring it before the Lord and allow him through his Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us in what to say and what to do. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying no, avoid going to 
court. Oh, we knew that, Dan. No, no, yeah, no, well, just for the listener. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Cause, but uh, unfortunately, um, you know, as, as I've, I've shared with you children here that, you know, that, or I hate to call you children, but, you know, the, but the, the young ones amongst <laughs> us, you know, our goal is to, we desire not to see you hurt. Uh, there are people in the world that are, their goal is to harm you. Um, they're, they're instruments of their father, the devil, working against you. Um, we, uh, we purchased uh, the assets of a company um, through the bank. Um, they were going to default on the loan, so we bought out the loan, basically, for the assets. And so we did not buy the company. We bought the assets. But an attorney uh, found out about it, and there was a bankruptcy involved from the previous owners, and he sued us on behalf of one of the debtors on the premise of trying to set himself up to be able to sue us for all the other debtors. So he didn't really care about the case or anything other than he wanted to win a judgment on a very small amount of money so then he could in turn use that legally to say, since he won that case, all the other monies that the other owner had defaulted on for bankruptcy would now be our responsibility to pay. Mm. So had he won the lawsuit against us, we would have been liable for all the monies the other person had bankrupted from somebody else. And so we spent $5,000 defending ourselves to not pay a $3,000 bill. So normally we would have just said, just pay the bill as we want. We don't have time. You know, it takes us away from running our business, everything else. But in that case, we had to defend ourselves or we would have opened ourselves up to hundreds of thousands of dollars of liability mm -hmm. through a legal loophole somebody was trying to push us through for the sole purpose of he saw an opportunity, again, to extort money from us by carrying by, by by this little opportunity he saw. Oh. Sorry that happened, brother. Oh, I'm whatever. I mean, that's God good. The Lord, I mean, yeah, 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 but the yeah, Lord yeah. delivered you. Yeah, I'm just trying to say we still. just do, you know, it does take a lot of wisdom and discernment and guidance of the Holy Spirit when you find yourself in these matters. But my mm -hmm. point was if you've done a good job to begin with, then you probably wouldn't find yourself in these matters. And so ultimately, you know, where this ended up um was when we've talked about this, you know the understanding of my own sin to feed my own flesh to acquire the assets of the other company because I wanted our company to be bigger than what it was. And so I opened myself up for that by not truly investigating deeply into what was my heart in the matter that led me into the business decision to begin with. Amen to that. And even in that, you still saw the Lord's hand, right? It cost you a lot less than what it potentially could have. And, you know, we were talking in a previous devotion about how God is always trying to get us to the good thing and at the same time keep us from the bad thing. You know, when God tells us, uh, don't go that way. I know it looks pretty from here. You know, the kids have heard me say that, you know, like the path that the enemy has for us has got little bunnies on it and little squirrels playing and pretty flowers. And as soon as you step through the threshold, there's a big swinging axe and a pit that's full of spikes and the sharks are jumping and chomping across the water. And it's impossible for you to navigate safely and get by. But the pathway that God tells us requires only for us to restrain our flesh. But it seems so hard and difficult. But as soon as you walk through the threshold, you're like, this is the garden. Oh, my gosh. Look at this other blessing is on the other side. This this benefit. But the real and it seems with their eyes like that's not going to bless us. It's not going to work out. But here's the bunnies over here. And, you know, Bambi's out eating and nibbling the grass. It's so tender and it's covering the trap that's on the other side of it. So 
the challenge for us is restraining our flesh mm-hmm. so we can let God do his job as he gets us to the good thing and keeps us from the bad thing. Yeah, my wife is giving me this woman to have sex with her so I can have a child, so I can fulfill God's promise. How can this be a bad thing? And look, this child becomes the tormentor of the promised one. And to this day, I was Kyla and I were having a conversation last night. The enemy wants us to believe that our, our actions are singular and unattached and isolated to one place and point in time, never to be remembered again and never to go anywhere from here. But the truth is, after the little bunnies are eating the, the flowers and they're waving at you going, hi, come over here. It's so nice this way. And then the the ground falls out and the pit and the spikes and the, the swinging axe, you know, the pendulum axe is flying by and the sharks are jumping. We are still eating today the choice that Adam and Eve made in the garden. We are still living today the choice that Abraham made. Now, Abraham made two choices. He made a choice to believe God and us believers are still benefiting. How many thousands of years later, we're still walking in what Mm -hmm. Abraham did to believe God and God accounted it to him for righteousness. And on the same hand, at the same time, we are eating the fruit of that disobedience, the act of I'm going to do it myself, God. It's too hard to believe you right now. This is easier. This pathway seems like it's going to take me to the basically the same thing. I'm making air quotes, basically the same thing. I'll get a son. Boom, bam. God, your word is your promise is fulfilled. Thanks. My wife is happy and we're moving down. But today that child, his hand will be against every man, every man and their hand will be against him. We're still eating the fruit of that today. The whole world is experiencing one man's choice. The whole world thousands of years later is experiencing the results of one man and one woman's choice even further back. But then Abraham as believers, yes, and we get in on the blessing because he believed God that opened the doorway for us. Jesus was able to come through that line and that lineage and we're inheriting and reaping salvation. Hallelujah. And he's the father of faith. And with that, he led in something else. So, you know, just. Being mindful of that, it's not just an isolated event. And even your choice to choose Christ is not just an isolated event. And as we walk with him, generations will be blessed because you decided to police God. You decided to walk with him. You decided to not take your brother to court, but instead yield to him, even if he was blind by what he was doing, even if he was operating in his flesh. And what that means to yield to one another is simply not just lay down and be a doormat because Jesus is not a doormat. He's not a rug. He's not a for you to wipe your feet on. He is the scapegoat, but he is not as in the sacrifice. He took the punishment for our sins. But Jesus, as my friend says, is not a punk. Jesus is not weak or weak minded. So what that means to yield is to go, okay, Holy Spirit, what do you say? Holy Spirit, what's my choice to begin with? But if I've missed it on making the initial choice, how do I handle this and respond? Jesus, what do you say? And yielding and letting the Holy Spirit come in and guide our actions, slowing your roll, as you said, uh, Dean. Slow your roll and ask God what he thinks about it and wait for him. You always have time to do that. But flesh begets flesh. He who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. If it's a corrupted outcome, then you know where it came from. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap life everlasting. Mm-hmm. It's a great point about our role. And in there, right? 
as I, as I look at this scripture in Corinthians, verse 4 to me really jumped out. Talking about, if you have judgments concerning things pertaining to this life, do you appoint those who are least esteemed by the church to judge? There are two ways to look at that. And we've already kind of discussed the first one, right? Let's let the Lord judge. We as unbelievers should not be bringing shame or discredit upon the gospel by bringing each other, other believers, dragging them to courts and lawsuits and trying to exact revenge, right? But then there's the other aspect of this, which is our responsibility. And that's the other half of this verse is, are we, or when will we be responsible for our role and the place, the position the Lord has put us in? Right, I mean, he says, do you know you're going to judge angels? So then what are we doing now? Like, we should be responsible for our actions now. Right, it's, and I, and I love this because this kind of bridges the the message, right? He's, he's been putting things in order as in the church in Corinth. All these issues that are unfortunately prevalent within the church then, but if we were truly honest with ourselves, and it's to our shame that they're prevalent in the church today. So when are we going to be responsible for our own actions and bringing them into alignment with the Lord, with His ways, judging ourselves rightly? When are we going to be responsible to do those things that he has instructed us to do? Holding ourselves accountable to do them, to live how he's instructed us to live, set forth in the standard and pattern, which is Christ. Today, now. It should be today. Yeah. I mean, it should be yesterday, <laughs> Right. If, especially if we profess that we are Christians, that we are believers, that we are in the faith, that we are followers of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and that's a daily—that's a daily choice. That's right. A, exactly. A continuing and a continuation of a choice that we already made. Absolutely. Okay, the Lord wants to show me verse. First, you showing me verse. First one where it says, Dare any of you having a matter against another good law before the unrighteous and not before the saints? Then he brought me down all the way to 7, where it says, Now therefore it is already an utter failure for you that you go to law against one another. Why do you rather accept wrong? Why do you rather let yourselves be cheated? No, you yourselves, you yourselves do wrong and cheat, and you do these things your brethren. So the Lord showed me that Paul was also getting at not just going that not take trying to take advantage of others to get what you wanted. Like Mr. Dean brought the example with the Lord not the lawyer. The guy who the person who falsely charged Mm-hmm. Mr. Teen's company of, I think, three five thousand dollars. Right, it's an okay. accusation. Yep, they brought a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Okay, that law showing that he was that one as 
be brothers in Christ that we're not supposed to go to court. Not necessarily, yes, not go to court and try to take stuff from other people because you want this or that. Mm -hmm. So the Lord showed me that not trying to take advantage of your brother, but taking it into the right company, not right company, the right audience and going, is this correct? And bring so that you actually get the correct results and you're not found lacking in the Lord's sight because you try to cheat your brother or you went to some place that the Lord did not tell you to go. So it automatically brings it down to being obedient to the Lord. And when you're obedient to when you're being obedient to the Lord, you automatically get the wanted results, not the sinful and the results of not the res want of unjustly accusing someone, but the results that if you were wrong wrongfully accused, you get the results of what the Lord wants you to have. And the Lord want wanted me to build on how whenever some like let's say Mr. Dean when he got fined from the five thousand dollars that wasn't it's not what the Lord wanted. The Lord doesn't want to like charge other people. I'm saying that the Lord didn't charge Mr put make the other make the person falsely charge Mr. Dean. No, he didn't. But the I'm not saying that the Lord's using this as a teaching like beating Mr. Dean and going, This is a teaching but that he was opening the door for a greater blessing. Mm -hmm. So the enemy set a trap for Mr. Dean and God delivered him out of that trap, right? Yes. And even still, when we are persecuted for the sake of being, just because we're children of God, oh, I see an opportunity to get that one. And the, the people bringing the persecution may know or not know that we're believers, but the enemy knows who's, who is the author of that kind of strife. When that happens, then when we do what's right by God, he always brings about an opportunity to bless us. So as we do in all things, we look at Jesus as the object of who we are trying to please. So while the enemy set a trap for Mr. Dean, God delivered him out of that trap. And Mr. Dean will always be blessed, as any believer will always be blessed when we live our life in a way that pleases God. Yeah, I just want to clarify, though. I mean, I, I appreciate what you had to say there, Promise. But the although the enemy set a trap um, and um, God provided the resources for us to get out of that trap. So I was not set free from the trap. I was set free from the consequence of the trap because the resources were there to pay the, 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 the attorney to defend us and not have to pay the $3,500 bill. It still costs $5,000 to the company to defend ourselves. I did um, mention and want to be really clear, um, it was a result of sin. It was a result of sin that I opened myself up to the attack by not properly assessing my motives and my thoughts that led me into the business transaction to begin with. Mm -hmm. so, so it wasn't just a, an, a, a random assault of the enemy that brought this. It was a, a, a pathway that I opened by my sin 
of my flesh desiring something that was not in alignment with what God really wanted me to have. Amen. Um, and in all things, sir, they're all teaching moments, right? Yes. What, what was instructed, what did the Lord say to Moses? The hero Israel, the Lord is one. And then he said, you shall teach your children as you lay down and as you get up and as you go about your day. Right? Yes. That's in all things. We can learn something from it. Something about the Lord, about his ways and his thoughts. And in so doing, how we should live our life and our walk before him. So we can learn from everything. Right? Yes. Okay. The good and the bad. We don't always have to experience, or we shouldn't always have to experience horrible things to learn, right? Or accusations, or David learned about the Lord from watching the stars in the sky and the trees and right all those things. This is their, their point and purpose, is to worship the Lord. How much more is that mine? To worship the, my point and my purpose is to worship the Lord in all things, right? Yes. Okay. So there's, there's learning that, that should be happening at all times. And I want to just close this out with this. Um, Colossians 3.14, as, as Paul is teaching them how to govern themselves, that what's the proper way to carry themselves yeah. as believers and dig them out of a, a pit that they've seemed to fallen into and redirecting them and guiding them along their way. How do you interact with the world and how do you interact with each other? Um, Colossians 3.14 says, but above all these things put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And then Romans chapter 13 verses 8 through 10. It says, Oh, no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there are any other commandment, if there is any other commandment, all are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 10. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Amen. So everything that he's teaching them and, and saying to them is rolled up into this. Is it love? Is it doing harm to my neighbor? Then if this will cause them harm, then I can surmise this is not love. If it is what God is asking me to do, I can surmise this is love. If God is telling me God is love, God doesn't violate his own word, I can trust him and I can walk with him. Give no place to the enemy to gain access to your life or through you affect the life of other people. Make wise decisions by sound judgment based on what the word of God is already telling you. And if you are unsure how to in implement that word in your particular life or in a particular circumstance that's why we have the holy spirit because he guides us into all truth he takes what belongs to jesus and declares it unto us so love trust the holy spirit keep moving amen we'll stay it honey uh, so with that let's close there for today and uh, we'll pick it up again next time all right so can i get a volunteer to close out in prayer please i will okay kyle in your name lord jesus lord we just thank you for this time and opportunity to gather together before you god and 
We thank you that you're a good God and you're our strong tower and our shield and our buckler, God. That you will judge between us, God. That you will judge, you are a good judge and you judge the matter justly and righteously, God. That you discern the thoughts and the intentions and you know all true motives, God. And we thank you for standing as our intercessor, God, and for delivering us from the hands of the enemy, God. We thank you for restoration, God, and restoring what was wrongfully gained and taken from us, God, that you pay tenfold, God. And we ask, we ask that you touch the people that might have wrongfully used us, God, and that you restore them to yourself, God, and you allow them to see that they come to the knowledge and recognition of who you are and that you're a good God and that you're good for them. We just thank you in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. We love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.